Well, good morning. It's Holy Week. It's it's Monday of Holy Week, and yesterday was Palm Sunday, and our Palm Sunday didn't didn't quite look like Palm Sundays of the past. We we didn't have children uh, parading around waving palm fronds. It was a different day for us, as it was for uh, I'm assuming everyone else. Questions questions that we've been asking this season: How, how does the church look? How, how does the church function now? Uh, with all of this going on in our society. Well, as I've told our church the last few weeks, we're not going to panic. We're, we're not going to lose our minds. We're going to continue to encourage each other by phone call, by text, by email. We're going to see God's face, and we're not going to simply seek His hand of blessing. We're going to seek God's face and trust His Spirit to point things out in our lives which need to be addressed. Things that we deal with as individuals, things that we deal with as a church, so that we can live in these days. Well, yesterday is Palm Sunday. We used a traditional Palm Sunday text, Matthew chapter 21. Matthew 21. When Jesus and his disciples had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Well, who is this prophet? Well, the prophet is Zechariah from the Old Testament. And Zechariah, in his book, chapter 9, verse 9, he gives a prophecy about the coming of Messiah. And it reads this, and it's nearly word for word of what we just saw in Matthew. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He's just and endowed with salvation. Humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Not long ago, I heard one preacher say that Jesus, being a leader and a strategist who, who cares about details, he, he must have made preparations earlier, and he must have gone ahead and he, and he laid the groundwork for the disciples to, to follow up on his directions. You know, he lined up all the right people, the right contacts. He paid in advance for the donkey and the colt. Well, I don't see that. I, I see that Jesus is merely fulfilling what Zechariah had prophesied, that Jesus is the fulfillment of what Zechariah could only see in part. Listen to the language. Your king is coming. Your king is coming for you. What kind of image does this give you and me? The king is just. He's, he's righteous. The king is endowed with salvation. That's one line that's different uh, from Zechariah to Matthew. Endowed with salvation. Salvation. And as we've studied before, the word for salvation in the original language is yesha. 
or Yeshua, uh, where we get the name Jesus, Jesus having salvation. And so Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet, points forward to the day when Jesus the King, righteous, just, endowed with salvation, would come for you and come for me. And we are to rejoice greatly and shout in triumph. Well, Matthew 21 tells us that the disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them and Jesus sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. Well, why coats? That's the sign of homage to a king. Why branches? That's a sign of a victorious, triumphal entry. Matthew continues that the crowds were going ahead of Jesus, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! What does Hosanna mean? Well, we see the word early on in Psalm 118, verse 25, right there in the middle of your Bibles, the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, verse 25. And the word Hosanna, that one word literally means three phrases. Save us, we pray, we beseech you now. We beg you now. And this morning, this morning, as we did yesterday morning on Palm Sunday, all throughout the world, these last few weeks, all of the earth, the whole world is crying, Hosanna, save us. We pray, we beseech you, we beg you, we plead you now, Lord, now. Son of David. Why did they call him Son of David? Well, in the very first verse of the very first chapter of the very first book of the New Testament, we see Jesus referred to as the son of David. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, the family tree of Jesus the Messiah, son of David. And you remember David, David who killed Goliath. The story of David and Goliath, most of us heard that when we were children. Well, then David grows up to become king of Israel. Well, some in the crowd on Palm Sunday evidently knew the story of David and remembered a promise that David received from the Lord. The Lord says to David way back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, when your days are complete and you lie down or you're buried with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. David would have a descendant spring from his family line. And in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, Chapter 23, we read, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. You know, that branch that, that springs forth. And this branch, this offspring of David, will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. And didn't, didn't we just read what Zechariah said? Behold, your king is coming for you. 
He is just, he's righteous, and he's endowed with salvation. So for the crowd to cry out, Hosanna to the Son of David, save us, we pray, we we beg you now. That's really no different than what crowds are saying now. What crowds are crying now. Matthew chapter 21 verse 10 continues, When Jesus had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Why do you think that Matthew added this? Is he saying something like, You know, this morning Jake drove in from Salem? Not exactly. This is an eyewitness account, but this underscores God's plan in sending Jesus. It's it's funny. Here it is, Holy Week, uh, Palm Sunday yesterday, Easter next week. But I'm going to ask you to, to think about Christmas for just a moment. If you remember the Christmas story with, with the wise men, they, they come to visit Jesus in Bethlehem and Earlier in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, we read that when the wise men had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and, and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. For Herod, and Herod is that evil king threatened by the possibility of a challenger to his throne, Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother. And it is interesting that we see that phrase uh, because Joseph was, was Jesus' earthly father figure, his guardian, his, his protector, his role model. But God is the father of Jesus. So Joseph gets up and takes the child and his mother while it's still night, and, and they leave for Egypt, and, and they remain there until Herod dies. And this is to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through, through the prophet Hosea, another Old Testament prophet. Hosea wrote these words, Out of Egypt I called my son, and that son with a capital S. And we see later that the Lord appears in another dream to Joseph, in Egypt, and, and says, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go into Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph gets up, takes the child and his mother, and comes into Israel, and, and then being warned by God one more time in a, in a dream, he leaves for the regions of Galilee, and comes and lives in the city of Nazareth. And this is to fulfill what was spoken through other Old Testament prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. A Nazarene from Galilee. Another Old Testament prophecy fulfilled. Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Another Old Testament promise realized. And the reason that I give this Christmas backstory during Holy Week is to remind you that God's promises seen in Scripture, are true. Regardless of your situation or circumstance, it can be a, a job, a family situation, it can be related to the coronavirus, it can be related to life situations in general. But regardless of all of those things, you can trust God.
It's not about how you feel. It's not about your emotions or your heart. You know, the Bible actually tells us not to depend on what the heart says because the heart is deceitful above all things. And that's found in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. But this is what you can trust. You can trust the Word of God, and you can trust God. Hosanna, save us now. The whole world cries Hosanna. You know, there was another time when God's people faced some serious trouble. Their way of life, their culture, they were afraid that everything they had known was possibly going to come to an end. Boy, that uh, hits a little too close to home this week, doesn't it? But this happened with Israel way back in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We see this picture of Hosanna being played out. King Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah, and, and this is the southern kingdom of Israel. And 2 Chronicles chapter 20 tells us that Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, these are three groups of Judah's enemies. They were coming to make war against Judah. Well, King Jehoshaphat is afraid, and he seeks the Lord and proclaims a fast throughout all of Judah. And a fast is when we stop eating in order to focus on the Lord. We, we, we hit pause. We stop. And, and sometimes it's food, and sometimes there are other things in life where we hit pause. Everything stops in Judah. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Judah gathers together to seek help from the Lord, and they, they come from all Judah to seek the Lord. And the whole kingdom, no one knows what to do in this crisis. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jehoshaphat stands in the midst of all of Judah and Jerusalem, and he cries out. He says, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. Now behold, Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, they're, they're coming. O oh God, we are powerless before this great multitude of enemy who are coming against us. We don't know what to do, but all of our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, but all of our eyes are on you. Wow. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 13 reads that all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Wow. And then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon one of the priests. And the priest says this, Listen, thus says the Lord, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You need not fight in this battle. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bows his head with his face to the ground, and, and all Judah and Jerusalem fall down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. 
and they get up early in the morning, and they go out to the wilderness, and when they go out, Jehoshaphat says, Listen to me, all of you. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Established. Fixed. Secure. Firm. You will be secure. You will be firm. Jehoshaphat appoints those who sing to the Lord and those who praise the Lord to to go out before the army singing. Give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness is everlasting. His his loving kindness, his, His promised loyalty to His people is everlasting. And, and, and so the choir, the choir goes out and they're all robed up and, and they go out and they sing and they praise the Lord. And as they do this, the Lord sets ambushes against Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. For Ammon and Moab, they rose up against Mount Seir, destroying Mount Seir completely. And, and when they had finished with Seir, they destroyed one another. When Judah looked toward the multitude, enemy corpses were lying on the ground and no one had escaped. Just like the Israelites who were singing and praising in this time of crisis during the reign of Jehoshaphat, just like the Israelites who were shouting praise when Jesus, making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, would ultimately bring salvation through his cross. We can stand here this week and worship the Lord and proclaim again that the battle is the Lord's. Whatever battle is being faced, one who has trusted the Lord for salvation is not alone in the battle. And again, the reason that I give this backstory during Holy Week is to remind you that God's promises seen in Scripture are true. Regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstance, you can trust Him. It's not about how you feel. It's not about all your emotions or your heart. Again, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. But you can trust the Word of God and you can trust God. And and what we saw yesterday on Palm Sunday and what we're seeing this week is that Jesus Christ the King has come for you and He's come for me. And He's come to deal with our sin. Why? Well, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've missed the mark and we all need salvation because the price of our sin is death. And the good news, the gospel, that's what the word gospel means, the good news is this, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and he died for our sins on the cross. He paid the price for our death. And and so many people, and you've heard me say this, so many people, uh, the issue that they have with church, they say, well, I've got to get myself straightened out before I walk in the door. Before I meet Jesus, there's some things I need to take care of. Well, the reality is this, and Paul wrote this in in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. There's nothing we can fix. Only Jesus can fix it.
In that famous verse, John 3.16, that reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have eternal life. We receive eternal life through faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us, and we receive salvation. And it's, it's said so clearly in the, in the letter to Romans, chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And salvation through Jesus Christ brings us into a relationship of peace with God. Well, Jake, how can I be saved? Well, it's admitting that you have a sin problem. We're all sinners. And you admit you're a sinner. And you understand that as a sinner that you deserve death. And believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from sin and death. And, and then you turn from your old habits of sin into a new life. You turn to a new life in Christ. And when you do that, you receive through faith in Jesus Christ His free gift of salvation. Once you do this, you will have God's Holy Spirit living inside of you, comforting you and guiding you until the day that you will see Jesus in glory. You've heard me say these last few weeks that, that we don't know the turns in the road ahead. We don't know. But come what may, we can know the one, and that's capital O, we can know the one who has come to save us. We can say, Hosanna. Save us, we pray, we beg you now. And we can stand and see the salvation of the Lord on our behalf. And come what may, come what may, we can trust him and we will not fear or be dismayed.